Rookie Fever, the show that looks closely at NFL rookie values all year long. With your hosts, Swagzilla Zero G. We can't all be winners. And Mike, the feverish Fidero. never in a vacuum! Nothing is in a vacuum! The Rookie Fever Podcast. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. That's it, baby. They come. Wait, Welcome back to Rookie Fever, episode 282. And I am here, as always... With the feverish Fenero. What up? What do? That was kind of boring. You're just like, what up? <laughs> that was my cool laid back what hey. up. I'm very excited. Isn't it? I like it. Yes, we are very <laughs> excited. Very awesome guest today. I'm happy to have on the show. Feverish, I know you are as well. We have Pat Fitzmorris from Fantasy Pros, managing editor of that site as well as Vetting Pros. I know your voice most from... Being the host of Fits of Fantasy, Fits on Fantasy, excuse me. I think that's probably where most people know you from over at Fantasy Pros. Killing it over there. Thanks for so much for being here tonight. We met you at the expo, and honestly, that was a highlight of my sh- my my weekend. You were one person I wanted to make sure I shook your hand. Like we said before you hit record there, there's so many like that, that you, you miss some. Pat, thanks a ton for being here. Yeah, Swags and Mike, um, great to be on with you guys. Um, you know, it, it was great to meet in person. And, uh, man, we were just talking about it backstage, like how it just, with cut down day, uh, it seems like it's it's on, man. It's the season. It's here. Um, I think we're all pretty excited. So. Yeah, absolutely. And Rookie Fever's here. <laughs> so I was thinking today about something I wanted to, like a quick icebreaker, something I was thinking about while while we drive around. Um, first of all, though, we should probably say quick and safe recovery for Brian Robinson. It sounds like he's going to be okay. Still have the fever for some Brian Robinson. It sounded like he was like, they were about to announce him as the starting running back for Washington. Like at the same time that this incident happened. It so sure did. huge shout out to him. Thoughts are with him. It sounds like he'll be okay. But this is what I was thinking. Like, how do you guys feel? And Pat, we'll throw this to you first. And you've been in this game for a long time. How do you feel like rookie fever and then like rookie pick fever has changed our dynasty landscape and how we play this game and the value of maybe like you mentioned the 2023 quarterbacks in a super flex league, for example. And then we still have some of our one quarterback leagues and redraft, but how, cause rookies are kind of like that new sleeper. And sometimes I feel like the idea of picks and what they may be may dilute what we can do with our fantasy teams. That That's all I'm going to leave it at. I, I'm curious though, Pat, like, because you, again, you've been playing this game. How do you feel like that? Because I don't feel like it's quite the same. And I know you've been doing this longer than I. How do you feel like that landscape has changed and just the fever we have for some of those picks and the rookies and being in those drafts? I mean, I think a fever is a great way to describe it. Like, it used to be that the great thing about Dynasty and what I loved when I first started playing it was that you could always. Whereas you'd run into these dead ends when you were trying to make trades in a redraft league, um, you always had ways you could layer a trade offer in a dynasty league so that you could make something happen. And rookie picks were a great way to do that. You know, like trading future picks, like 
you could always balance out if there was some perceived imbalance in a deal. Oh, throw in a second rounder, throw in a third rounder, make it happen, grease the wheels. Now, I don't know if it's as easy to do that, especially with a class like the 2023 class that everyone's really fired up about. Um, a class we were just previewing on the Fantasy Pros Dynasty podcast today with like Bijan Robinson, who might be the best uh, running back prospect since Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, three really good quarterbacks and maybe like more to emerge during the season. A bunch of really good wide receiver prospects. So no one wants to give up those 2023 prospects. Like, I don't know about you guys, but pretty much anyone trying to get a 2023 prospect from me this year was kind of an auto reject. And a lot of times I wouldn't even bother with an explanation. Like, come on, dude. Uh, so maybe that's it. Like the fever's gotten so much that now it's not as easy to just sort of layer on a deal with rookie picks, you know? Well, it it sounds like in an, in a way it might be even easier to layer those on. It's harder for you to let go of them. Yeah, true. Would that I mean, be kind like, of accurate because today, I mean, you could go, you could go, you don't even need to layer them onto something. You could go get something with a twenty twenty three right, pick. Right. Yeah. The the people playing for titles this year with their championship window open, once they get in season, like if they want to go after it, like their first rounder next year, that's a big chip, uh, a big card to be played during the season. If you want to get a guy who can produce for you now go hit up the rebuilding team and, and swing one of those first-round picks. Because even if you are going to be one of the top finishing teams and it's going to be a low first-round pick, low first-rounders are going to be really valuable in 2023. Where where would you put, like, startup value, that first 2023 pick, that, that line where, mm. like, if you're kind of checking out your rankings a little bit, if you have, like, hypothetically, I don't know, DJ Moore at, 25 or I, I don't even know who like but what area does it get to where you're just like okay you know what like i'm absolutely willing to trade my 2023 for this pick yeah are we talking about the 101 player. in 2023 or like a generic I mean, no it's just a random like okay. mid it will say mid i like to kind of have them all as mids because i'm i'm trying to beat your team sure and and i and that's kind of you don't really know where they are anything could happen between a team getting better to getting worse so i like to kind of value them all as mids but yeah. we're just a random I mean, DJ Martin, so like a mid-first might be one of the top receivers in next year's class, like Jackson Smith and Jigba, or, uh, yeah, like maybe around where I would put DJ Moore, maybe, maybe a little ahead even. Um, you know, you get a little bit of a, a youth bonus mm -hmm. there, and, um, you know, DJ's really good, but he hasn't shown he can score touchdowns at a reasonable clip yet, so, um, yeah, maybe like late seconds in a startup or so it's around the two, three turn maybe. Yeah, I can see that it gets tough though. Doesn't it? It's almost it's like, like I look at it almost like, cause we've talked about it this way before, like, and Pat, you might even been on the dynasty trades HQ where we were talking about like the value and the drive off value of a pick versus like when you drive off the lot with the right. player and it's already changed. And now like, depending on how far you're looking out, you're just kind of like, you know what? We're going to make some cars. <laughs> some of them are going to be a lot better than this player. You might get one of those cars because we're going to have 12 of them for you. And, Probably some of them are going to be really sweet. We don't know which one you're going to get yet. 
Right, that's it. <laughs> but it might be as good as that car that you're giving us in trade early. And you're not you don't have anything to drive for the next year. <laughs> you're well, just gonna be waiting for us to make this car for you. And you it might be really sweet. You see that throughout it might not. <laughs> you see that throughout fantasy, whether it's dynasty or redraft, it's just like the value of the unknown, right? Like so mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where rookie fever really comes from. You have these high hopes for these guys coming out, and you just don't know what they're going to produce. We can talk about the guys that um, that didn't make it, but we always love to talk about the guys that did, and that kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, Swags. I think the reason that rookie rookies are like the new quote-unquote sleeper is like we've had so many hits, and not just hits, like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Saquon Barkley, like major top five Taylor. guys. Yeah, Taylor, come from like – a rookie class and mm-hmm. and uh so i think we're just like that that unknown is just so appealing in fantasy like again it doesn't matter whether it's a rookie pick or a redraft it's just like yeah but yeah but this guy <laughs> might this guy might and you kind of like uh, it's we're so optimistic when we don't know anything uh when they haven't had a single down in the nfl we're just you so want optimistic. the best car i'm gonna put out there you think yeah, you're gonna just much. be the one to get that yeah like you're gonna suck so bad for a couple of years that you're about to get the best car I've ever made. I need that. I need that new car smell. I don't want you to drive it first. I want it. <laughs> so I don't know. So I just think it's kind of interesting in like how it has changed a little bit. Even like you said, Pat, because these last few classes have been amazing, but there were still fun classes like before this that a lot of rookies came out of. It's just. As of recently, it's like we we want all those studs. We we want Nikhil Harry at one hundred and one. We want Corey Davis at one hundred and one. We want La- Laquan Treadwell at one hundred and one. <laughs> like we want all these studs, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, like Brees Hall, um, everyone was uh, drooling over, and like he's still a great prospect, and I'm not down on him by any means. But all of a sudden, we're getting close to week one, and well, he's playing behind Michael Carter, maybe. Uh, he's going to be stuck in a committee for a little while. He's going to be on the Jets, who aren't going to score a lot. So, um, you know, as this much one as I'm like- shocked by, too. I, I was shocked yeah. by that. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll get to him a little bit here because he's on the list of players that we wanted to talk about for some out the gator weight. But, Fenero, do you feel similar about that before we do some quick campus scanning and then. Similar about know- Brees or. About the picks and stuff, like oh yeah, kind of probably said said yeah. quite a bit about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's 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 fun too. I mean, fantasy football is supposed to be fun, so I'll err on the side of uh, of having a rookie bust here and there. Uh, you know, I told you in my Scott Fishbowl team, I think I had nine rookies I drafted on that squad. You know, what? Um, just going I for upside that. in a tournament. You know what I mean? Just going for upside in a tournament. It was fun. That so might be my it. favorite part. Uh, that you just said, because I kind of look at it that way too. And I'm glad you kind of reminded me is that part of my league fees is I know that I'm paying for some entertainment and there's probably a small chance. I'm going to even win anything back. So yeah, I I get that dude. We are trying to have fun. Sort (laughs) of winning is also fun. Plus it's good branding for you, Mike. (laughs) Yes, it always is. Yeah, (laughs) That many rookies. I mean, it just makes sense. (laughs) Imagine if I won it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what was your strategy oh i don't know i said this podcast rookie fever <laughs> it'd yeah, be so it's, much it's cooler fun. on a different podcast it wasn't like they're, they're like <laughs> yeah. hey, no we're on your sh- you were listening to your show <laughs> exactly <laughs> just listen to my own show yeah man. 
Fenero, Campus Canton. Yeah, man. Campus to Canton. Is I have a shirt on right here. <laughs> oh, so nice. You probably I, won't believe me. I wore mine yesterday. Yeah, they probably don't. If you love Dynasty and are looking to take on the next challenge in fantasy football, the Campus to Canton format is just that. And CampusToCanton.com has everything you need. A C2C membership offers player rankings on over 800. 800 college players. Access to the C2C VIP Discord chat. And more premium tools than you can count, including C2C's ADP and player data tools. Don't know if a player you want to fall in your draft, use the draft probability tool. That and so much more can be found in one place, campus2canton.com. Use promo code FEVER, that's promo code FEVER, and save 10% off any monthly or yearly membership today. My my voice girl might think that's a, a mouthful. <laughs> you want a more professional read? I loved it. No, I, I loved it. I've now got to edit that out, the professional read part. And I love C2C, dude. Uh, you know, Rookie Fever started a league. I was in a league before that. Could not have drafted without that website. There's no way. I do not watch enough college to be able to track 40-player drafts. So, yeah kind of nice to have 800 college profiles on that site. Pat, are you in any any C2C leagues yet? I'm not yet, and that's the next step, I'm sure. Like, I'm I, you know. Next addiction. So, yeah, yeah we're co-managing ours. And um, even that, like, it's a lot. Like, it's, a, it's a nice, I mean, it's fun, you know, it's a the next step, but it's a lot having that, like, whole college side and then your NFL side. Yeah, staying on top of the, the college player population. Like, it would have been a non-starter for me, like, four or five years ago. Because, right. you know, Saturday was the day I had to be a dad. And, uh, you know, now my kids are in high school. They don't really need me. They don't want to be around me anymore. So, I can watch <laughs> college football again. Nice. I'm, I'm probably going to be in one before long. Yeah, I bet. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I think your kids still need you, Pat. Yeah, maybe. They need my money. But uh, I don't know if they need me. Well, got to play more fantasy football. <laughs> they don't I don't know how old your kids are but I don't really they'll take you for, t- for granted probably tell you they're they are 30 35 and then they'll be like you know what like he was pretty cool he did a lot for us like <laughs> well, I got another 20 years or so to wait for that so yeah uh, it's just like oh sweet <laughs> it's a thankless job definitely feverish yo are you going to ask those questions? Sure. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Pat, a rookie, and it doesn't matter if it's the top. We don't care if it's the cream. A rookie that you just trust in 2022 for whatever reason. Just pull this guy, redraft, dynasty, I don't care. This year in 2022, he's going to be worth his ADP. He's going to be worth drafting. It's not Brees Hall. We already know that. <laughs> not, not, not Brees Hall. Spoiler alert. Um, yep. I'm going to say Chris Olave. Nice. Like I thought I thought he was going to have maybe the most easy transition of any of the rookie wide receivers just because his game, I mean, he's such a smooth route runner. And I'm up here in Big Ten country and watched a lot of Olave the last few years. And, um, you know, just the route running ability, the speed that totally shows up in games. I mean, it's just not 40-yard dash speed. This is real get-behind-a-cornerback speed. Um just silky smooth. I think he's going to pair pretty well with Jameis. Um, 
the Saints were pretty conservative with Jameis early on before his injury last year. He was kind of game managing, but that was also maybe a function of what he had at wide receiver. And Olave is a guy who can get deep and let Jameis throw those uh, YOLO deep balls that he likes to throw. So, um, like, everyone loves Jameis and Williams. Chris Olave was one of the reasons Jameis and Williams transferred from Ohio State. Jameson couldn't get on the field because Olave was so good. So um, I, I think he's going to have – like, I don't know if he's going to be a, a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two in year one. But, like, I think he's a guy you're going to be able to throw into your lineup pretty confidently and just be consistent. I like that. Do you like him more – with or without Michael Thomas? Do you like Michael Thomas to open it up a little bit for him? Or do you hope that... Because Michael Thomas is already a little banged up, so you could see Olave right. as the wide receiver one on the team at times this season. Yeah, that's the great thing. Like, they play different games. They run different route trees. Um, and, and same with Jarvis Landry. Like, Olave is the, the vertical guy for them, so he's going to have the, the higher... A dots, um, and and maybe you know I said consistent with Olave. Maybe that's not the right word because the higher A dot receivers tend to be less consistent. Maybe that's the case for him, but I think he's going to be impactful as a rookie. We'll say that. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see if it's out the gate. We'll <laughs> yeah, he's there. in there. We'll get he? there. My guy's probably Jahan Dotson. Um, I just, I just, I don't know, man. It just seems like. You know, he, he, there's just nothing but good news coming out about Jahan Dotson from like day one. And, uh, I, I mean, the only thing I don't love about the situation is, is Wentz. But if we're talking about 2022, I think Wentz stays obviously with the team for 2022. They have a lot of rapport right off the bat. Um, I like to swag's point. I like that McLaurin's on the other side pulling coverage. Um, I think that's even better for the rookie. So, uh, I just wish I owned more to be quite honest, which, uh, which kind of gets into my second question, Pat. Who's a rookie you're trying to add in all your dynasty leagues? Oh, man. That's uh, kind of what I was going to answer there. <laughs> I, <think>. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I like Jahan Dotson a lot, too. And um, I've, I've gotten my fair share of him and was kind of interested in the fact that, like, in, in redraft leagues, he was going really late. Like, no one was paying attention mm-hmm. to him. I'm like, oh, maybe he's going to be cheap in dynasty, too. But now he's at a really good camp and he's been playing with the ones all along. But um, I, I like him for kind of this, uh, some of the same reasons I like a lot. Like he is, has that just game-breaking speed. Um, and he's just a tough, competitive dude. Like one of the things that I kind of marveled at with him at Penn State was like he's got this Tyreek Hill thing going on where like for a little dude – he wins balls in the air. Like, he just out-battles dudes for, for the jump balls. So, um, and, and like Great you said, hands. Yeah, yeah, amazing hands. I've heard him compared to Deontay Johnson with better hands. Um, and, and, like, it seems like he's going to make a pretty <laughs> smooth transition. Uh, I don't know if, like, Carson Wentz is the quarterback to fully unleash him in year one, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like, I'm, I'm still, you. the career arc, though, for him, yeah. I think is going to be really promising. Yeah, so you said you have a decent amount of Jahan Dotson, and I don't have enough. Uh, who is your highest-owned rostered rookie? Do you know that kind of off the top of your head? Yeah, I sure so <laughs> I do. Like, so, I mean, you guys know you, you pick all over in the first rounds of these various dynasty drafts. So the flag planning rounds are really kind of the later rounds and, like, who mm-hmm. you are scooping sure. up repeatedly in the later sure. rounds. And I've yep. got, like, a few. Um, can I give you three real quick? Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. All right, so uh, Kyle Phillips – 
Nice. Just kind of on a tip from uh, Andrew Erickson at Fantasy Pros, who kind of liked him and, and thought he could be the next Hunter Renfro and instant target opportunity in uh, Tennessee. And and he was just real easy to get in the, like the fourth round of every yeah. draft. You, you guys could know get I- him off waivers a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for, yeah early. A yes, couple, yeah. He went undrafted in some spots. And, uh, you know, one other kind of later round wide receiver was Khalil Shakir. Who I don't know. Ever since that um, Fiesta Bowl with Boise State and Oklahoma, I've, I've kind of had this thing for Boise State and uh, follow them a little bit. And uh, Shakir is just like such a gamer. I love that dude. And uh, you know, then he goes to Buffalo, and everyone's like, "Oh, not a great place for him to go with Jamison Crowder." And I'm like, I don't know, man. I think he might be better than Jamison Crowder from the jump. And now I hear that they're like working him at, at outside. Uh, yep. on the boundary a little bit. So if yep. either Diggs or, or Davis were to get hurt, like he might get instant snaps there. So kind of excited about him. And the last one, the quarterbacks were falling so much. And like, I couldn't understand why everyone was down on Sam Howell since he was like one of the only quarterbacks in this class who produced at a young age in college, like pretty much stepped in right away at North Carolina and was productive. And, uh, you know, I know his, his junior years last year was kind of a disappointment, but uh, it's no wonder. I mean, he lost Javante Williams, Michael Carter, Deami Brown, Daz Newsome. So, he, like, he lost all his weapons. Um, so, and and now, you know, maybe he's the guy, Mike, who gets Jahan Dotson going. It's uh, <laughs> like, wouldn't shock me if, you know, he got some, uh, some starts this year. Yep, I agree. And Swags, I'm pretty sure yours is Jameson Williams. Highest rostered rookie. Yeah. It's probably it probably is. <laughs> yeah. I bet. I bet I don't need to look at any sort of uh, website to figure that out. I think I, I think I just know it's Jameson Williams. Yeah. Any guesses on who mine is? Yours is. Um, well, I think I have two players that I would guess for you, and I'll start with Damian Pierce. Yes, the first. And the one. second one oh. I would have said was Brian Robinson. No, believe it or not. Um, just the way drafts fell, uh, I don't own very much Brian Robinson. I wish I did. I know we own it. We own him in CDC. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Damian Pierce is by far the top one. And after that is Kyle Phillips fat nice. because you can get him so late. But then mm-hmm. after that is David Bell. And, you know, I, I was mm-hmm. gobbling up David Bell in the second round. So tons of drafts. So David Bell, Phillips, which I, I love that one. I think we like Phillips here on Rookie Fever. And Damian Pierce by no surprise. I'll have yep. to uh, I'll have to plug mine in and see see who my second yeah, and third guy Bell, is. Bell is way up there for me too. I got him in a, a few drafts, and um, you know Pierce is a guy I wanted, and I could just never get him. Like he was always going earlier than I thought he would. Right, but I, I guess that's justified now. And like a, a an early second round doesn't seem like all that much now. No, no, it doesn't. But but Swags, I feel bad here. I was bad mouthing Jamison Williams <laughs> and saying he couldn't get on the field at uh, in Columbus. Well, no, it's Alame. true. You didn't say anything untrue. It's a fact. But yeah. but then yeah, he transferred and he showed up. You know, and those those situations are interesting you know you never know exactly why a player's not getting on the field or if he's just supposed to wait his time out if he kind of maybe he's just not getting along with the coach maybe he's in the doghouse and i don't know so you just never know but it seemed to work out for him and i'm also a detroit lions fan i'm in michigan here so that probably has something to do with it um the little bit of a fall in drafts. You didn't have to spend 
up to get Jameson like you did some of the other players. You could be sitting at like 106 to 108 and trade in and get him. I did that a couple times. Um, honestly, like I wouldn't be surprised if Drake London is not far behind him because I did. I still did have Drake London above Jameson after landing spots and everything. I did through the whole process, but yeah, I like Jameson Williams. But I mean, Pat's right; he didn't say anything that's not true. I mean that that's why he left Ohio State. Hey, it, you know? it worked out so. for Joe Burrow, so uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. It could work out for Jameis too. So yeah, what else, Finero? If I think I think I want to go out of the gate or wait, brother. I can't wait any longer for out of the way to gate. You can't wait for out no. of the gate. Can't can't do it. Thought there was one more question there for some reason. I was looking. At. <laughs> um, yeah, so nah, we, we kind of already started with Brees Hall, and that's an interesting one because if we did this show a week ago or two weeks ago. I would have had so much conviction and told you how crazy you are for even bringing up Michael Carter. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. Like, that's how I would have probably reacted. I probably wouldn't have used those words. (laughs) But then I I would have found out this week that maybe I'm the idiot. Michael Carter could be the starter week one. Like, do do we believe this? Like, are are you willing to flex Brees Hall and the draft capital that you put into him week one? I was thinking about this, and, and I think yes, even though it's a leap of faith because they're playing, they're in a tough matchup. They're playing the Ravens. Um, uh, I can't remember what the spread is on that game, but I'm sure the Jets' implied point total is not very high for that one. Um, but like, I feel like they got to give him 10, 12 touches in his, his first game. Like Carter's Carter's not a workhorse. I mean, yeah, maybe Carter plays 55% of the snaps, but I think they're going to get Hall on the field enough where he gets enough touches, double-digit touches, and I think that would justify a, a flex spot. Michael Carter wasn't even that great last year. No, he had a, he had a stretch like with, with a lot of receptions. the season, maybe? With White and anybody right. that wasn't Wilson. Panero, you firing him up? Brees Hall? Um, it depends on your situation. I think, I think in a flex spot, you know, I think we're probably looking at a 40-60 split. Probably if we had to guess in Carter's favor, and I kind of see that if I had to forecast. Let's say your situation for show's sake is mm-hmm. you're dra- you're starting out of a startup. You're starting your team out of a startup, so you had to put some capital in him in order to mm-hmm. have him on your team. Just just so you can't – it's not like a five-year dynasty team where you got him. Right. Yeah, you're probably starting him. Um, he's a he's a really tough name for the, all the reasons you just said. I mean, rookie pick 101 almost universally across the board. Um, he's going to be studly. You're going to be excited. You're going to want to you're going to want to see those points in your line. If, if it winds up being 10 or 11 points, you're going to be it's long. I think as long as your expectations are lowered, and I don't mean just for week one. I'm talking about maybe even the first four to six weeks of the season. Um, but after that, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that split could go the other way. I, I think, I think Brees Hall earns this job by midseason, no problem. I'm not too worried about Michael Carter long term, period, but actually even as early as six weeks. We've seen this with running backs across the league. Jonathan Taylor Swift, all of them have to wait their time. So Brees Hall is going to have to wait a little bit, but I do not think Brees Hall is going to have to wait more than six games, eight games tops before it's his backfield. Ooh, I hope not. Tops. That feels like a long time. I, I think it, with Pat, it though, I think I would flex Brees Hall week yeah. one. 
yeah, with I the capital that I had to put into him to get with him. I lower think expectations. Yeah, you're really just hoping to get like maybe ten or twelve points week one. But I mean, he he could overtake Michael Carter week one. It could be the kind of Absolutely. thing where he's out playing like Nicholas Chubb and Carlos Hyde like every single week for like weeks, and you're just like, what the hell is going on? Like Nicholas Chubb just had three touches for 120 yards. Yep. And they're starting Carlos Hyde again. Like that could totally happen. It's crazy. Yep, I agree. It could totally happen. But yeah, I, I think that I have to start Brees Hall. Like my heart wouldn't feel right benching him. You you might have a couple dynasty rosters that you could afford to not start Brees Hall, and you probably still would start Brees Hall. I have one where I I would like to start him, but he's on my taxi because I don't know if I need him. So ah. I, I do have a situation like that, but there you go. I want to pull him off it. Do it. I do. You know, have some fun. We talked about it on the top of the show. Have some fun. Sitting Brees Hall down in your taxi spot week one of the 2022 season is not fun. Not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> That's but not winning, fun. Winning is fun. Winning <laughs> yeah. is fun. Winning is fun. Starting Brees Hall week one is fun. How do you guys feel about like, okay, let's say this that's a different situation. My team is not good and Brees Hall is on my taxi because I don't want my team to be any better. Mm. How do you, you feel want, about that? You want to pair Brees Hall with B. John Robinson next year? Yeah, um, yeah, let's say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's interesting. Is that weak? I mean, I'd probably, if I was if I was one of your rivals in that league, I'd probably be rolling my eyes a little bit. Yeah, me too. Well, at least your team's better than mine this year. <laughs> <laughs> at least I'll be a pushover on, on your schedule. Um, that's one win. Skip, skip Drake London super quick. Add Jahan Dotson into this list up against Sky Moore. Week one. Ah, uh, Jahan Dachshund for me, easy. Oh, because yeah. it sound, both of you like convinced me on, on Dotson coming into the show here. So, I want to throw him up against Sky Moore, who's gotten way more hype. He, he was behind Dotson in most Debbie or Dynasty rankings pre-draft. And then post-draft, he rised a lot, rose a lot. Pat, do you agree? Week totally, one? Totally, totally. I, like you yeah. can't play Sky more in Week One. He, no. he just he didn't get enough runs with the one in nope. the preseason. At at best, he's the number four behind Juju and MVS and Mikael Hardman, and even Justin Watson was playing ahead yeah. of him in the preseason. Justin Watson, the the yeah. tread from Tampa Bay. So, um, like I, I don't think you're panicking if you drafted Sky Moore. No, probably not feeling great, but not panicking. Um, but you can't play him yet. You got to just see how it shakes out. Yeah, yeah. I think you're, you're hoping for like, uh, you know, that second half of the season type dude, you know, where because you could see like, you know, you mentioned Justin Watson and, you know, I, that doesn't surprise me that the, the dude's like a he's just he's fighting his ass off for this team and, and, and people are noticing and, and, and that goes a long way in the NFL. But you could also see just, you know, the whole cream rising to the top type thing. Sky Moore, his draft capital, going right above him, right above Marquise Valdez-Scantley. You could easily see him doing that. But it's not going to be week one. It's not going to be week four. We're probably talking talking about way into the season. I'm just saying. I I know what you're saying. I'm just saying they're not trying to leapfrog known mm -hmm. quantities here. Like, these, these are guys that. We wouldn't be surprised our wide receiver threes on their on on this team. Yeah, none of them. I, I agree with you guys, Jahan Dotson over Skymore as well. I, I just think that maybe Skymore is a guy that we got. I, I don't know. I'm kind of wore out and overhyping Chiefs players. I guess. Uh, 
Yeah, and I think that that's what's going to continue to happen. I think it's just that spot. I think a lot of people had like a prospect crush on Sky Moore, and then he goes to the Chiefs, right? And uh, you know, suddenly he was he was leapfrogging some. You know, people wanted to include him right below that that top tier of like the highly drafted dudes, mm-hmm. the Garrett Wilson, Olave, Jamison Williams, right behind those guys. In some cases, like I know he was picked ahead of some of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, people were maybe getting a little too frisky there. And now we're doing <laughs> it with Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, what yeah. the heck? We might as well, right? He, he's on the Chiefs. <laughs> Pacheco, what the heck go? I don't know. I am not firing Pacheco up week one. No, sir. Me, me no. neither. Nope. Drake London. Uh, for me, no. And just because he's had this knee issue, even though it sounds like he's going to play. like, And it's kind of a tough matchup. I mean, the, like, the Saints have Marshawn Lattimore and, uh, you know. Bradley Roby, the Honey Badger, they have a pretty good secondary, man. I, like, I don't know if I can fire him up for week one. Yeah, I'm kind of the same thing with the knee. The knee's been lingering. Uh, he hasn't practiced since August 12th, and we don't, we still don't have a timetable. So I'm thinking at best, like maybe he plays week one, but it's super sparingly. And then even the same, even like the next couple weeks, they probably aren't going to be full on. So I'm like week three out of the gate for Drake London week three. So just week three. Just need, Yep, just need a couple weeks. Make me feel better about that knee because we all like Drake. Let's put it this way. Take the knee out of it. It's out of the gate for me, 100%. So now I'm just waiting for the knee. And uh, and the no timetable thing, I don't love hearing that after two weeks of not seeing them. But at the same time, we have a whole nother week. So that's going to be three. Uh, I We haven't heard any rumors about Pup. I think we'll be fine. Week three, out of the gate. What if we rewind it a little bit, do a little rookie rewind, will you fire up Kyle Pitts in a 1.75? I mean, I don't even care if it's tight end premium because you have to start a tight end anyway. Like, how do you feel about Kyle Pitts against the Saints? Oh, yeah. I mean. Yeah. You have to. Oh, yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't bench Kyle Pitts. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean. In, in all fairness, if we want to be if we want to be honest about it, you don't want Kyle Pitts being the only guy running out there. That's for sure. True. I mean, that's that's not a great situation. And as Pat said, the Saints have a little stingy defense too. Um, good safeties, which obviously, but you know, every time I think every time I think about Kyle Pitts, I need to stop thinking about him as a tight end. To be quite honest, yeah. and I need to just look at him as a wide receiver. Um, but either way, uh, I don't think Drake London either being out or limited helps Kyle Pitts. So, again, that would manage my expectations being the only target, but I would you, think you know I would what? get I think double-digit I'm gonna, targets. I'm going to fire up Drake London if he plays. As long as he plays week one, I'm going to fire him up. I think that they'll have to target him. I think that he will be fine in like a, as a wide receiver three or your flex spot. Kind of like we mentioned about Brees Hall, he might not set the world on fire, but I think that he will have viable points. I don't think that you're going to see his ceiling, like Finero said, for maybe a few weeks, but... Man, if I have Drake London in my wide receiver situations, it's tough for me to. I currently to not have start him. I currently have him starting in uh, Goats versus Bros, so he's in my starting lineup. Yeah, yeah. So I'll probably have to do the same thing. Looking at the rest of my roster, starting four wide receivers. He's my fourth wide receiver. Why not? I'm going to start him over Marvin Jones. And I know it was just camp. We didn't get to see him in preseason, but he was beasting. 
He he looked really good. Yeah, nah, I, I don't know. Nah, he's it's just you know. I think Pat and I both brought up the knee right away. Absolutely, I, I think, yes. Yep. They could take the knee out of it. We're we're all on the same page. Yeah. Feverish. I'll let you uh, start, Damian Pierce here. <laughs> yeah. So Damian Pierce, keep your pants get, on. Keep the it, pants yeah, on. It's getting a little out of control. I mean, um, but so here's the deal. Like you mentioned Pacheco earlier, right? So Pacheco got out of hand, and there's no real. It feels like fake news, Pacheco, right? Like, like it's it's clearly CEH. He's not losing his job to Pacheco. They decided to hold on to Ronald Jones on top of everything else. And it's just like he's the third or fourth running back on this team where Damian Pierce is different, right? So the hype is like it's legit. So now you now you're what's happening now, he's ascended to value criticism, which honestly is a feat in its own. Like he went from like like Pat had said, like, is he really worth the second round pick? Like that early, like two, 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 four. I don't, I don't want to do that. Now he's getting, I don't want to say overdrafted, but in a way he is, right? He's still on a eh, team. We don't know how often they're even going to be in the red zone. There's some, but, but that's kind of the point. He's actually gotten to the place now where it's his job, right? Which is, which wasn't always the case. And a lot of his rookie drafts when we were drafting Damian Pierce, we were thinking, timeshare hopefully he earns the job somewhere along the way he's a tough dude he has a nose for the end zone they would have a hard time keeping him off the field too much so like this is his backfield one week out like i feel like that's kind of just it that's gonna happen so now it's just like now we can criticize him as maybe not being worth where he's going like uh, a buddy of mine got him in the eighth round of a redraft league that he's doing I'm like, that's great value. That's great. I think eight is, eight's about appropriate. It's when I start hearing him go into the fifth round is when, like, criticism comes out, right? Like, we haven't seen him play a down in, in, in a real NFL game. We don't know how good Damian Pierce is. But releasing, releasing Marlon Mack, resting him in, in preseason game two, games one and three, he had 11 attempts for 87 yards with a 7.8 yards per carry. And this is all in first team offenses and a touchdown, which he got on his first attempt. He looked great. I mean, he did. Um, but he still is, again, on an offense where we feel meh about it. Um, so I feel I don't feel comfortable um, kind of as as high as the hype has gotten. But I do love when I go ahead and I look at my leagues and I, I do a search for Damian Pierce and then I see what what rosters is Damian Pierce on and all I do is see all my team names across like nine or ten dynasty rosters. Like, oh, wow, look, these are all my team names. I own them everywhere. So this feels good, but it's also feeling like if you own them everywhere, should you trade a few pieces? Well, I don't think it's ever crazy to diversify <laughs> a little bit. It's tough to do sometimes. I mean, and so you mentioned that fifth, I'm going to say fifth to sixth round redraft ADP. And I get why that might sound a little bit crazy, but I'm going to challenge that by, I mean, saying that's kind of still like that. And I know it's, this is more proven talent, like you said, but that's kind of that David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, like, yeah, he's there that, now. Yep. Like what they're calling now, the new thing that, that running back dead zone, it's yep. kind of in that area where, I mean, you're getting a starting running back still, you know, that could completely overachieve. Yeah early expectations and there's not a whole lot on that team at all. Pat, I'm curious. Do you feel similar to feverish on this? Like, do you think you should sell a little bit in dynasty ready to fire it up in redraft or 
Boy, I, I'd, I'd have a hard time selling it. I know it's <laughs> funny. Our, our mutual friend, Shane Manila of, of Dynasty Trades HQ, um, and, you know, like I never can pass up an opportunity to bust on Shane, so I'll do that here. Um, <laughs> but he, he tweeted out something the other day, maybe a week or so ago, about like it was a, a chart with fourth round running backs over the last however many years. And like it was a pretty gross list of names. And, uh, you know, that was kind of his reasoning for, for not being that into Damian Pierce. But, like, Javon Ralston and all these other bums who were on that list are not walking into the same sort of opportunity that uh, Pierce has got here. Mm-hmm. Like, those guys obviously started further down the depth chart. They came in behind established dudes. Pierce just has such a clear runway right now. And, and the Mac release is just like... Every time you think it can't look any better for Pierce, like yeah. something, I feel yeah. like Rex Burkhead is going to fall down a flight of stairs tonight or something <laughs> like that. It's just going to be like, all right, this guy's playing every snap, I guess. Um, because that's it, man. Like, who's going to challenge him for early down work now? And maybe Rex is in on some of the passing downs. Yeah. But, um, you yeah. Know, and like, maybe he's special or maybe he's just pretty good. But if he's pretty good, even if he's in a bad offense, and getting that much work, like, yeah. it's going to be good for, yeah. like, running back two-type numbers, a yeah. guy you don't mind playing in your second running back spot. Absolutely. And I think we – and the opportunity, before I say what I'm going to say next, I think is key to what Damian Pierce is going to have. But I think we all also know that hit rates in general, even for somebody – even a first-round running back, a second-round running back, third-round, fourth-round, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it, I mean, they're not all going to hit. But for every fourth round one that's missed, I mean, there's a Philip Lindsay that was drafted later, undrafted free agent. There's a Thomas Rawls. There's a C.J. Anderson. There's a James Robinson. You know, all these guys that kind of do hit and find a way onto the field. And, like, everybody's probably thinking, like, yeah, but, like, that lasted a year or two. The longevity wasn't there. And it wasn't. But the opportunity to help you win and or sell was there. And I think Damian Pierce offers more than any of those players outside of maybe James Robinson and what he did for us in the first two years. I mean, 2000 yards for an undrafted free agent two seasons while he was injured. Pretty nice. But I think Damian Pierce's opportunity is nice, you know, like, and I think you could go through every round and talk about misses in the first round, second round, third round. And we'd all be like, uh, like back to how we started the show. Why do we want these damn rookie picks anyway? Because they're fun. We want the next guy. Damian Pierce might be it. (laughs) I I hate to even like kind of puff our chests and, and, and brag. But I think even here on rookie fever, as early as after the draft and before it, we were Damian Pierce over James Cook the, through and through the whole way. And now look like James Cook's the next guy on our list. And I don't think any of us are starting James Cook week one unless maybe you have special teams. I don't know. Am I wrong about that here, guys? No. No. I have I mean, a wait. Yeah. What Like what's the over-under on touches for Cook in that Thursday night opener? Like six and a half? Maybe yeah. three and a half carries and, and three catches? Like mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't start him. No. We got to see how that plays out, especially with Zach Moss back in the mix. Like, somehow they let him back into the backfield. Yeah. You know, a, it sounds a, like he's going to get a shot, though. Yeah. Everyone was like, ah, two man backfield with Singletary and Moss. Uh, it's a little messy, but, you know, okay. 
two man, that's that's all right and a good offense. But now with Moss back in it, it's just like uh, you know what? Oh, too there's oh. there's the 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 thing that um, cracks me up. We were we were talking about rookie fever. We were talking about like landing spots before they happened. And I remember thinking, wow, we were like, wow, imagine if Brees Hall went to Buffalo, and and we just kind of loved that landing spot. But we always said that it sounds good, but you still have Josh Allen, right? So there's a fourth running back on this team. Well, it's similar to the Ravens. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is, and I think I think this backfield is going to be very, very nice for the Bills and just an utter maddening situation for fantasy. You are just never going to start the right guy. It's, just, it's going to be really, really difficult. Like Moss might have a game like he did in the preseason where he has two touchdowns. And then what Pat was saying, uh, Cook has two receptions and, and four rushing attempts. And then the next week, one of those receptions is goes for 50 yards and you think you can start Cook and then Singletary's run in the backfield. You know, it's, I think it, I think it is, it's becoming one of those backfields potentially, at least for 2022, that I'm putting up there with New England, San Francisco. It's like, do not touch, you know, like I, I don't know who the hell I'd even want on this team. I think it's going to be like that from week to week. You mentioned the Allen thing. I think in the four years he's been the starter, he's had 31 touchdown runs, and all Bills running backs combined have had 28. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that is a very interesting stat line in itself. All right. Seven touchdowns a year for Bills running backs during Allen's four years. As wow. A starter. That's not wow. Yeah. So that's concerning. I will say Cooks looked good, um, and 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 kind of as advertised. I think I think even running between the tackles, I think he does look good. I just don't think that the Bills have any plans to use him in a workhorse role anytime soon, let alone twenty twenty two. Yeah, no, I agree. Great, and, and like you said, it's everything else that we just said too. You know, with the committee, like there might not even be a workhorse role in that backfield. But correct, I think Singletary is the guy that probably benefits from the offense the most and then even him though you want to look to move so james cook we are not trusting out the gate that brings us to garrett wilson possibly with no zach wilson but that means he gets his guy that he's been talking up that (laughs) throws those wide receiver friendly balls mr joe flacco how are you guys feeling about garrett wilson i don't think you can start him in week one it's tough yeah, it's. Just, I have uh, it, I have him down as a second half of the season guy. I think I think it, it seems as though they're pretty comfortable going with Elijah Moore and Corey Davis, which is crazy. If you follow the timeline, when when uh, the Jets drafted Garrett Wilson, the the stocks on Elijah Moore went down, and that was a time like to 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 invest if you wanted to invest more. And then since then, it's kind of flipped a little bit to the point where Elijah Moore is still looking like we the guy that we know and love from last year. And Garrett Wilson's the guy that might have to sit there and wait in the wings a little bit. And Corey Davis is a good wide receiver. And Garrett Wilson, honestly, I think that's all he can really feed. (laughs) He struggled last year, let's be honest. So as much as we want to you know, wish Zach Wilson be healthy week one, regardless of whether he's healthy week one or not, I can't trust Garrett Wilson week one. As a matter of fact, I don't know if I can really trust Garrett Wilson until the second half of the season. Like I said, I think he could be kind of an Elijah Moore type 
mini breakout where we start to really like Garrett Wilson around the time we really started to like Elijah Moore, like around week eight, nine, and ten. And and then it winds up maybe that that pumps Zach Wilson numbers up and we start getting excited about this offense. And that's when Brees Hall is starting to run the ball more and Carter's is a compliment. And maybe that's when things start clicking. But it's not week one. And it feels like it feels like second half of the season for me. Yeah. But I do love Garrett Wilson. Yeah, he's he's one who might have to simmer in the slow cooker for a little while. Simmer in the slow cooker. (laughs) Pat's got a few, man. Pat Pat Pat's uh, unleashed a few like potential show titles with some of these uh, phrases he's throwing out there. I like it though. The tough thing about when they're simmering in the slow cooker, (laughs) somebody like Garrett Wilson is you're never gonna that price is not going to drop for a bit because I'll retain that. We'd rather wait and have them become Denzel Mims. Ooh, don't say that. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but that's what. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's going to happen, to be clear. Okay. I I want some Garrett Wilson. Just, I'm just being really hard on us dynasty heads today, and that's kind of even why I was thinking about like the picks and like what has it done to us? That's fair enough. What has it done to us? Pat, (laughs) week one. Are you starting your boy that you've been trying to get your redraft guy, Chris Olave, week one? Are you firing that bad boy up? It's hard to – how can I possibly say no? But I, I will say this, uh, Swags. Like, if I'm – if my team's pretty stacked at wide receiver, you know, like, I might keep him on ice for week one because the Falcons, like, the Falcons cannot compete with their personnel in a lot of different regards. But the one place where they can is with their outside cornerbacks, like uh, with Casey Hayward and, and A.J. Terrell. Like, that's one of the better pairs of outside cornerbacks in the league. So maybe if I've got some really good other options, I, I could sit Olave for this one. But I don't know. I think under most circumstances, especially if you're, you know, if you have to start multiple flex guys like you do in most dynasty leagues, like, I, I think you're probably rolling them out. Yeah. Panero, same. We, did, we didn't see Scott much. Fish we, bowl. Are you starting Chris Olave? We didn't. I don't have him in Scott Fish, but we didn't. We didn't really see much from him in the preseason. I mean, we saw him in camp and and whatnot. Um, for me, it's Michael Thomas. I agree with you, Swags. Michael Thomas on the field probably helps Olave. But if Michael Thomas, for some reason, his hamstring thing lingers, I'm starting Olave week one 100% if, he, if Thomas isn't on the field. Just because of the this, the target increase. Um, if I'm if, if Thomas is playing, I'm probably just going to kind of like unless he's my fourth or fifth wide receiver, I'm going to kind of wait and see and just let him let him score some points and get excited and say, OK, cool. I was wrong. I'm going to put him in next week and be OK with that. I feel bad because I talked to Fenero and uh, letting me draft Michael Thomas in like the 10th or 11th <laughs> round of our NFL side of the campus Canton. But it was it was late. That I mean, 10th or 11th. But yeah, yeah. still, I was kind of like, yeah, dude, this is, he's looking good. Like and he was at the time. Yeah, at the time. And then that happened. <laughs> then that happened. We'll see. I guess there's time to recover again. Yeah. <laughs> Head on over to fantasypros.com. Check out all of Pat's work. It's at Fitz underscore FF on Twitter. Super appreciate you being here tonight, man. You are just easy to talk to. One of those people, man, like you don't even know, like, 
you make us feel good when you follow us. It just is like, oh, shit, Pat just followed me. This is fucking sweet. (laughs) Appreciate you being here a lot, man. Definitely check out Pat's work. I'm sure you're all listening to his podcast already. Fits on Fantasy. Pat, anything else you want to plug or say before we head on out of here? Well, uh, Swags and Mike, thank you so much for having me. Great being on with you guys. Uh, yeah, it's just like comfortable conversation. This could could have been at a bar somewhere. Nice. And, uh, it, it would have been perfect. But, um, you know, it's pretty good, too, even without the alcohol. So, um, <laughs> no, uh, so people can, yeah, catch the uh, Fits on Fantasy podcast. And, uh, you know, not, not to upstage the 2022 rookie talk, but, like, if you do want to get a little sneak peek at 2023, we wrapped uh, this year's uh, Fantasy Pros Dynasty podcast with a uh, pretty good preview of next year's draft class with Thor Nystrom and uh, my co-host Scott Bogman. So um, that should be out tomorrow, I think, uh, Wednesday. So worth worth checking out. But nice, uh, and people can get me on Twitter at fitz underscore ff. I will watch for it. Definitely hit that with a retweet. Oh, for show sake, that came out today, Wednesday. Oh yeah. I always forget when. Uh, <laughs> yes, I don't know when I'll get this out, but the the article came out Wednesday. It's currently out. I retweeted it yesterday out. or the day before. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like Back to the Future. And I am at Swagzilla Zero G. He is at Art Mark TV. This is at Rookie Fever on Twitter. Five star review. Go follow Pat. When you put your arms around and we I get a are fever that's hard to bear When you kiss me, fever when you hold me tight Fever in the morning, fever all through the night Sun lights up the daytime, moonlights up the Something you all know Fever isn't such a new thing Fever started long ago now Who got the one-on-one scouting has never done this to be full and run I told you anyone Size and speed just unreal Landing spot not ideal Wait, what's this breakout It's for rookie fever stage Romeo loved Juliet Juliet, she felt the same When he pulled his arms around her He said, Julie, baby, you're my friend Fever without planning you Fever I'm a fire Fever, yeah, I burn for soon So who's got the fever? Cause I got the fever Now you got the fever So she got the fever And she got the fever No cure for the fever So let's beat the fever Thank God for the fever Thank God for the fever What a lovely way to burn What a lovely way to burn